Okay, good morning everyone. <clears throat> we are continuing our series, The Life and Tire of Our Leaders, as we are every Tuesday, Bez Hashem, with First Seder Bez Madrish, live, and as well we welcome our Torah Anytime listeners and viewers. And again, I thank all of those from First Seder Bez Madrish, including Yedid Yiraburi, and others who called me or messaged me, left me messages, as well as many Torah Anytime viewers also messaged me as I was sitting Shiva last week for the Petira of my mother, Hareni Kaparas Mishkava, and I really appreciate it. It's interesting, someone pointed out that two weeks ago, the last year I gave was on Rameir Shapiro, and really I gave it, it was a little early, because that was only Bez Cheshvan Tuesday, and his yard site wasn't until that coming Sunday, which was Zion Cheshvan, and until now I've tried to keep things pretty much in the week of the yard site, but I, for whatever reason, decided to do Rameir Shapiro on that day, and I dedicated that cheer to my mother um, for her refuah at that time, and she was actually nifter on Rameir Shapiro's yard site on Sunday, Zion Cheshvan. So the Torah that uh, was for her refuah, um, you know, should also be Le'ilu Nishmasa. Today, since uh, I was, as I actually, as I told Rabbi Greenspan, I received the news of my mother's petira as I was actually preparing last week's shear, last Sunday, um, on the rush, in the middle of preparing it. So the rush's yard site was last Tuesday on Tess Cheshvan, and we're going to talk about today the rush whose 693rd yard site was last Tuesday um, on Tess Cheshvan. Who was the Rush? Rabbeinu Asher ben Harav Yechiel. Rabbeinu Asher, that's why he's called the Rush. We will see a very interesting pshat at the end of the shir in the name the Rush. But the simple understanding, it's Rabbeinu Asher. Now, Rabbeinu Asher, the Rush, um, is described by the author of the Shita Mikubetes in his responsa, Chuvas Rabbeinu Bitsal Ashkenazi. He writes, the Rush was Rabban Shel Golus. He was the leader of the entire diaspora. At Sorfas Usvarad, even until France, Spain, Veroiv HaGoyla, and most of the diaspora, Kibluhu Lirav Aleim, accepted him as their leader. That means to say, as we'll see, not only Ashkenazim, but Svardim as well, accepted the Rush as his leader. His name was Rabbeinu Usher. Ben Harav Yechiel, as we mentioned, Ben Rav Uri, Ben Rav El Yochim, Ben Rav Yehuda. Now we know this lineage because on the Matseva of his son, the one who took over his Rabbanus when he was Nifter, that's what it says on the Nusach of the Matseva of Rabbi Yehuda Ben Harash. It says the lineage all the way back to um, his great-great-grandfather who was also named Yehuda. So, the Rosh's father, Rabbeinu Yechiel, was a great Tamachacham. He's called by many of the Svarim, the Sefer Yuchsin and the Seder Adairis, and others. He was called a Chassid V'Kadosh, a Chassid, a pious and holy person. He was a Galdo B'Tayra, he was a leader in Taira. And there's a very interesting story that Rabbi Yehuda ben Arash, you might remember when we spoke about the tour a long time ago, 
on his yard site, and for our Torah Anytime listeners, that's before these shiurim were being posted on Torah Anytime, and they can be found either on my website, rabbidavidegros.com, or on First Seder Bismedrish, also on their website.org, also has a link towards the re- to the recorded shiurim that we've been giving already since Shavuos time. If you recall, we mentioned a lot of the history from the Tzava of the son, Rabbi Yehuda ben Arash, he goes through a lot of his family's history. So over there, Rabbi Yehuda ben Arash brings a story that his father, I'm sorry, his grandfather, Rosh's father, Rabbi Yechiel, had a very good friend when he was younger, named Rabbi Shleimah HaKayin. And when they were 13 years old, they made a pact with each other. And in that pact, they said that each one of them will have a portion in everything the other one does, whether it's mitzvahs, whether it's other inyanim, they will be equal partners in each other's actions. A very interesting pact that they made. And they were chasidim va'anshe ma'isa. This is the, the Lashon of Rabbi Huda ben Arash. They were chasidim va'anshe ma'isa. Yechidim b'doyram. They were unique in their generation. Now, you know on Yom Kippur we have a minute, we bring or we light a candle for every married man. And in the olden days, some places still do this, in the olden days they used to actually bring that candle, it's called a ner bari, a uh, healthy candle, they used to bring it to the shul. And if you look in Hilchaz Yehim there's a whole Shiloh what to do if the candle goes out. People used to get very nervous if their candle went out in Yom Kippur, that it was a bad omen. And they would try to get a guy to relight it, and the, the halacha talks about these in Yonim. So, and Lel Yehim um, his candle went out, Rabbeinu Yechiel, he was much older, um, in his 50, he was 54, and that Yom Kippur's candle went out, and they saw it as a bad omen, and um, he was nifter on Cholamayr. He was nifter, he passed away on Cholamayr Tzukis. Now, the minig in Germany at the time was that after they brought the coffin to the cemetery, they would put it on a stone, and they would open it up, because a lot of times the body shook around and they wanted to make sure everything was in its proper place. So when they opened up the Oren, Reb Shleima announced and he said, I'm reminding you of our deal. Our deal was that we both have an equal part in each other's actions. And now you're going to the Ilam Amas. And um, that says that the, the mace, Rabbi Yechiel, smiled. And everybody saw this smile. I don't know how everybody was looking into the Oren, but everyone was able to see that he smiled um, as if he agrees that they had a deal. And it was a little bit later, Reb Shleimah was learning in a Besmejish, and all of a sudden he sees Reb Echil sitting next to him. And he asked him how he's doing, and Rabbi Echil says that he's doing great, and he has a seat prepared next to him for Reb Shleimah because they were equal partners in everything. A seat in, in Ganeda next to him. Now, um, he also told him he has really permission to go back to his house like, by, like it's normal. He could go back to his home and act normally. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but that's what he said. But he didn't want to do it because he didn't want anyone to think that he was better than any other Godel who wasn't seen after his death. And six months after he was Nifter, in the middle of the night, on a Friday night, he came to his wife and he said, you have to run away from the city immediately on Shabbos. Because tomorrow they are going to murder all the Jews in the city. And he said, really there was a decree in Shamayim and all surrounding cities to be destroyed. 
He says, but we davened and our tefillah was accepted except for your town. That town you have to get out of. And she got up and she took her children and she ran away. And she went back after, after she got her children, who was the Rosh and his brother, Abchayim, out of the city. She went back to get some other stuff and she ended up being killed with the rest of, of the city. So that's the story with Rabbi Yechiel. Um, in Chuvas Harash, he quotes his father. Um, this is brought in tour as well. He says, I saw my father who would sow a say for Tyra in a certain specific way. And he was saying, that's the halacha. And um, in Inyane Avelus, also he quotes his father the way his father, Rebbein Yechiel, was noyig in certain Inyane Avelus. So the Rush did um, source his father for numerous halachas. And he was nifter, his father was nifter in the year 1263. He was 54 years old. Now the Rush was also a, a great-great-grandson, a descendant of the Raivon, the Raivon, one of the early Rishonim, in Chulin, in Paragimel of Chulin of Elutrepes, and in Chuvas, he writes, such a story came in front of my grandfather, the Raivan, and he said it was kosher. Now, even though he just writes it's my grandfather, it's clear it wasn't his immediate grandfather. The Raivan was about 100 years before the rush, so he meant to say one of my grandparents. There are those who try to say that it was a grandfather, but it doesn't seem to be chronologically possible that the Raivan was his actual grandfather. The Rush himself was was born in the year 1249. He initially learned um, from his father, like we said. And when his father was Nifter in the year 1263, so he was still um, only all of 14 years old, he learned with his older brother, Abchayim. And he quotes his brother in numerous places in the Halachas of Hilchus Tfilin, in the Rush. In Hilchus Tfilin, he says, I only make one bracha on Tfilin, like some do, like the Ramah holds and others. Um, I'm sorry, like the Shulchan Aruch holds and others, he says, I only make, make, make one bracha, because that's how I heard from Moiri Achi, from my brother, my teacher. Um, we mentioned this already in the Shir on the tour, the tour in Hilchas Birchas HaShachar, in Simon Memtes, mentions his uncle, um, Reb Chaim, so that's um, the Rosh's brother, Reb Chaim. There was another brother, was named Rabbi Eliezer, and he was unfortunately Nifter young at the age of 27 without any children. So these were the three brothers, Rabbeinu Asher, or Rabbeinu Chaim was the first one, Rabbeinu Asher, and then Rabbi Eliezer. His primary Rebbe, and we mentioned this also in the tour shir, was the Merame Rutenberg, Rabbeinu Meir Berabaruch. And Rameir Berabaruch was part of the Misaira of Teras Ashkenaz. He had learned... Um, by his teacher, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Arzarua, the Arzarua, who was a student of the Rimi Pariz from the Bali HaTaisvis and, and, and Reb Shimshin Mikusi, also from the Bali HaTaisvis. So it was a direct Misaira um, that the Marame Rutenberg had for Tyras Ashkenaz um, for, Jew, for German Jewry. Now the Yamshel Shleimai, the Marshal in Bavakama, writes, um, in, the, in the preface to Bavakama, he writes that there was an Ish, who was an Anav, who was modest. He was Tahar. Asher ein bacharoinim kamayu. There's no one like him that was Maram Merutenberg. He was called Maram Merutenberg, says the Marshal. And he, Hamid Talmud Echad, and he taught what one Talmud, Shekimat Mile Es that almost filled his shoes, and that is Marana Rabbana Rabbeinu Asher. So that's how the Marshal describes 
the Marame Rutenberg, there was no one like him, and the Rush was a student that he had that almost filled his place. The, the love between the Marame Rutenberg and the Rush is very clear. The Maram in responsa to the Rosh in the Chuvas Maram Rutenberg, he actually calls the Rosh Moiri Harav Asher. He calls his student my teacher. In one place he asked him to daven for him, that the Rosh should daven for him, and he writes, Umuftachani, and I'm assured that with your pure tefillah it will produce fruits and I will have Rafu Shalema. He told the Rosh in a different place, any person called the Tehle Ime, any person who's born from a mother, Kamaycha Tehle, my bracha is, they should be born like you. Kinafshi Lavaschahuma, in another place, my soul is yearning for your love and for your connection. Very clear the Lashainas that he used, his love for his dear Talmud, the Rush. The Rush, of course, himself is a Talmud of Aram Rutenberg, quotes him in numerous, numerous places. In Chuvas and Klalamid, he writes, I was Mikabel from Rabona Meir, from my master Meir, when I learned Mesechta Mikvois Lefanov, when I learned Mesechta Mikvois. In Brochus, in Parag Beis, when it talks about interrupting during Hallel for different uh, things, Kaddish, Kedusha, things like that, there's a big dion and when and what you're allowed to do. And the Rush says, I agree that you should be mafsik, you should interrupt. Even though Nosasi Vinasati Bidavar Lifneharav Arame Rutenberg, even though I talked about this with my Rebbe the Marama Rutenberg, Viskim Daitish ain't Lafsik, and he was Maskim, he said not to be Mafsik, but I hold you should be Mafsik. And throughout many, many places the Rush um, quotes his Rebbe the Marama Rutenberg. When he learned with the Marama Rutenberg, he had a good friend there, and that good friend was named Rabbeinu Mardchai ben Rabhilal. In the back of your Gemara, there's the Sefer Mardchai, one of the Rishonim. That is Rabbeinu Mardchai ben Reb Hillel, who was a contemporary, a friend of the Rush, as Talmidim of the Maram in Rutenberg. We'll get back to the Maram in a moment. Um, the Rush's wife's name was Raina. Raina. Reish Yud Yud Nun Hei. And they had eight sons. His oldest son was named Rabbi Yechiel, uh, the same as the Rush's father. The Rush would actually stand up for his son, and he would say, "Because my son is um, is greater than me." The tour many times brings from his older brother, Rabbi Yechiel. We mentioned this, I think, in the tour share. Rabbi Yechiel was nifter, um, very young, without any children. The second son was called Hachosid Reb Shloimei. The third son was Rabbi Yaakov Bal Haturim. That's the Bal Haturim. The fourth son was Rabbi Yehuda. We quoted his Sava before, and he's the one who took over his father's um, position after his father was Nifter. The fifth son was Rabbi Yochim. Um If you remember, Rabbi Noasher was Ben Rabbi Chil, Ben Raburi, Ben Rabbi Yochim, a family name. There was Rabbi Moshe, there's Rabbi Eliezer. Um, he had a brother, Rabbi Eliezer, as we said before. And Reb Shimon was the eight sons. There was a young child, another boy who was Nifter when he was young, I guess as a child, and he had two daughters. So um, he had 11 children altogether, the Rush. The Rush was very wealthy. His business was lending, lending money, Baribis, especially to the Goyim, and taking collateral for it. 
And in Ma'id Katan, Masechta Ma'id Katan, when he talks about lending to a guy on Chalamayid, to Shaili could do business on Chalamayid, to Dover Ha'aved. So he writes, I was matter in my house to lend to Goyim and Chalamayid, the Goyim who were constantly borrowing from me anyways, because if they wouldn't, if I wouldn't be available for them, they would then go to um, to somebody else, and it's a Dover Ha'aved, it's a Pseida, it would be a loss. And in his Shuvas as well, he writes, when I was in Ashkenaz, and uh, Jews would come to me and to borrow money, and... Um, and they would give me a mashkan. So this was his business. He gave a lot of money to Tzedakah. And one thing they highlighted was that he was very makbed on Meiser. Meiser is a whole sugya, giving Meiser for money. Is it an obligation? Is it a minig? Um, a, it's, it's a big t- a tumul in the, uh, in the uh, Paiskim. And, but the Rosh was very makbed. And his son, Rabbi Yehuda, writes in the Tzavo, that when they got their Yerusha from their father, the Mishbacha got together, and they said that they're all going to give Meiser from their money. He lived in Ashkenaz for many years. He had a yeshiva there. Talmidim came from all over to Germany to learn by the Rush. At that time, it became um, um, an open market for for persecuting and killing Jews in Ashkenaz. It wasn't such a good time. And there's the famous story with the Merame Rutenberg, which you can't go into all the details now. Um, we mentioned it back by the tour. And um, I have, a, a, even from before this year began, I have a podcast, a short podcast, about the Merame Rutenberg. And the Merame Rutenberg was actually captured by the king of Germany, and he was uh, held ransom, and the rush... The Maram Rutenberg refused to have the Jews ransom him. He was afraid it would start a trend. The Rush, who was very rich, became the the uh, co-signer, the Arev, the guarantor for that money, and he actually could not afford it. As as rich as he was, it was a a, a tremendous amount of money. And then, as we know, the Maram Rutenberg was nifter while he was still in prison. After seven years, he was nifter. And at that point, the Rush was afraid. Number one, he was the guarantor on the money. And number two, he was afraid that he was next. And the marshal, the Yamshel Shloyma in Gittin, on that sugya about redeeming um, captives for more than their worth, and Simon Samachvav, he writes about the story of the Marame Rutteberg, and he says, Gam Shamate, I heard that Shabidas Oisei Hatzairer, that that, uh, that Russia was actually then going to take the Rush, his Talmud, Vinoidalai, and the Rush found out about it, Ubarach, and he ran away, Vinitzo, Berachamav, Uvarev Chasadov, and because of that, he was saved. So that was the impetus for the Rush to leave Ashkenaz to run away. He was afraid he was next um, to be captured by the king and held for ransom. So on his son's Matsevas, we quoted before, it has a lot of the history. There's a sefer called Avnei Zikaroin, which has the text of many different Matsevas from from that area, from uh, from Spain. And he has the text there, and it says there that they left Germany, Chof Beis Tammuz, Hei Samach Gimel, the year 1303. 1303. And they started traveling, and it says over there on the Matseva that Halach Novena, they went all different places until they came to Savio, it's called, which is like on the, uh, the northern border of, of Italy. And he was thinking of settling there. And uh, they actually wanted him as a rough. However, then he heard that whoever was the ruler of that province, of that area, 
was subservient and was afraid of the king of Germany. And he was afraid that if he stays there, he'll be given over by that local leader to the king of Germany. So he decided to continue to run to uh, travel, and he went into uh, into France, which is a little westward, until eventually he came to Svarad, to Spain. If you look at the map from from where the uh, from from Germany from Germany all the way until Spain is almost close to a thousand miles that he traveled to get there. And he came to Barcelona, and we mentioned this in the Shir on the tour. He was there with the Rajman Barcelona for eight days. In Chuvas Harash, he quotes, Bechevras Harajbo Vezdinai, when I was together with them in Barcelona. And the tour we mentioned then as well. And Uchas Pesach says, Aniro Yitzi Barcelona, when I was traveling with my father to Spain, I saw in Barcelona the father, they baked certain things on Pesach. And they had they were there for eight days. The Rajba wrote letters to all of the communities of Spain that they should honor the Rush. Wherever he goes, they should give her the proper Kavid Chachomim Kasher Loya Osa, like is befitting for Rabbeinu Usher. At that time, the one of the most prominent cities in Spain, Jewish cities, was Tolitula, which we know as Toledo. And um it was one of the oldest and it was prominent positions in in Svarad. And um, the rabbinate in Toledo for many years had great, great Ga'inim there. And there had been a number of years since a Rav. Their Rav had been Nifter, Rabbeinu Aaron Halevi was his name. He had been Nifter. And they had been left for a number of years without a Rav. And now that the Rosh came, they offered the Rosh the Rabbonus. So this is in Chaydesh Ir, in the year Samachay. So again, he left in Tammuz of Samach Gimel, and this is almost two years later that he had been from his travels till he finally settled in Toledo. So that's how long he wandered around the rush till he got to that place. Now we have to understand what Svarat looked like, like Spain at that time. The Lushan of the Baal Tzedol Aderech writes, Nismatu loimde Talmud Bavli. People were learning Rif and Rambam. Rif and Rambam is a... Is a, is, is, is a uh, a shortened version, only the halachas, I mean the Ramam is just halachas, but the riff is halachas of the Gemara without the whole shakla vitarya. So people used to learn the riff, and that's why in the beginning there was a lot of, people weren't happy with the way the riff wrote, or even the Ramam. They were afraid they were going to forget to learn Talmud Bavli, learn Gemara. And that's actually what happened. So the Lush of the Tzedah the was people were not learning Talmud Bavli. Hashem Ruach Rabbeinu Asher. Baruch Hu awakened the Ruach the spirit of the rush, Shabbat Elamad Velimed, he came and he learned and he taught Behemid Talmidim Harbe. So he made a, a revolution in Spain to try to bring back learning Gemara and not just learning Rif. He was well known as a very, very wise fellow, and in fact, even the queen, I'm not sure which queen was uh, at that time, um, but she understood who she wa- who he was, and she gave him a lot of power. She would send cases to him in Chuvas Harash in numerous, numerous places. He said that he had the ability to penalize Bigzeras Hamalchus. He had that power, and different cases were, were sent to him by the government for him to adjudicate. Um, in the first year he was there, he got a message from Germany that he should come back. They missed his wisdom, and they even gave him a assurance from the king, a written assurance that he will not be hurt or taken captive or anything like that. But he was still afraid things in Ashkenaz were not doing well 
um, in regards to the Jews and their persecutions, and therefore he didn't want to go back. He established a great yeshiva there. The Talmidim were Ashkenazim and Svardim because now the Rosh and Ashkenazis there, they traveled from Ashkenazi places to his yeshiva. Is even a, somewhere in one of the Chuvis, they there was Talmidim from Russia. That's how far away they came from to learn to learn from him. Um, Kilos Yisrael, like we said, from the Rebetzal Ashkenazi, everyone except him as a Rav. Kilos Yisrael from all over the diaspora wrote him letters. He was so busy that he was not able to answer many of them. In one letter he writes, I'm only answering you because you're a good friend. I only answer chuvas from judges, from Batei Din. I Pasha don't have time to answer individual Shilas. Um, and he was accepted so much in Svarad, and this is the Chiddush here, that the Beis Yosef, the Svardi, the Beis Yosef, later on in the 1400s, 1500s, when he um, made the Shulchan Aruch, so not only did he take into account the Rif and the Rambam, which are the Svardi Paiskim, he also took into account the Rush, the way the Beis Yosef, our Shulchan Aruch Paskins, is that he would look at the three opinions, the Rif, the Rambam, and the Rush, and he would go with the majority. So therefore the Rush was an even playing field in their minds with the Rif and um, the Rambam. So that's how much he was accepted in Svarad, even though he was from the Ashkenazi um, Paiskim. Now, another very interesting thing in Svarad, Svarad in Spain, they learned a lot of philosophy, a lot of the uh, philosophy Svarim um, from Ibn Ezra and others, um, other Gedolim, Rishonim, and even the Rambam, Nevuchim. Um, these were, this is what they, 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 they had a lot of focus on philosophy, on sciences, on uh, uh, secular studies. And this is already from earlier, from the Rambam's time, they're already big machloiksim if if this is something that we should focus on. And in fact, there came points that people would apply secular knowledge to Torah and philosophy to Torah, and eventually people who didn't understand where the Rambam was coming from actually made terrible assumptions, and they would take the Rambam and try to end up in, in places that are not Torah places, in Amuna, and it, it caused a lot of korbanas. But this is what was going on in Svarat. And there was Machlaiksim even in Spain amongst different factions of Gedolim in Spain. Should we or shouldn't we learn um, philosophy and secular studies? The heads of the group that were against it, the Kanoim, was some named Reb Abba Mori ben Reb Moshe Doin Ostrich, the Rosh of what's called the Maskilim. He was a great guy, but he was the one who held of learning secular studies, was Reb Yaakov and Mocher Ibn Tabun, <coughs> different Gedolim. And he would show that it's not Kenege the Derech and Amuna. The Rajbah, who was the leader, he really he actually agreed with the um, the ones that were against it, but he didn't want to come out um, publicly against it. He, he 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 wavered a lot what he should say publicly, even though really deep down what he held was with the Kanoim. The Rush came from Ashkenaz and never heard of such a thing, was appalled what was going on, and he started a great Mohama a great war against this idea. And in one place he writes, that even though I don't know from your secular studies, thank you to Hashem who saved me from such a thing. You see in numerous places that he writes very anti the idea. And um, he, he fought against it. And eventually the Rajbah had the rush with him. The Rajbah stood together and they made a cherem. 
And they made a cherem, and this is brought in Chuvas Harajbo Haruchais, the lengthy Chuvas Harajbo and Tov Memzayin, I think it is, that um, people are not allowed to learn any secular studies until they're 25 years old. Once they have a strong foundation in Tyra, then they have the ability to learn um, secular studies. And in Shabbos Chazoin, in the year Samachay, so if you think about this, he only... He only became Rav in Toledo in Iyar of Samachay. So Shabbos Chazoin is of, it's only a few months later, he had already riled up the troops, so to speak, the rush. And the Rajbon is Bezdin, they came into the big shul in Barcelona, and they took out all the Sifrei Torah from the Oren HaKadosh, and they made a cherem, that a 50-year cherem, that no one's allowed to learn Chachmas Chitainis until they're 25 years old, and this was a cherem on anyone who lived in Spain. So that's something that the Rush right away um, set his mind to accomplish. Now to understand the Rush, the Rush, like we said, was Messiris Ashkenaz. Ashkenaz and the northern Balei Hatoisvis from France, of, the, of, of northern France, the Rabbeinu Tam, the, Raj, the Rashbam, and others. This was his Messiah, like we said. He was the Meram Rutenberg from the Riazokain, back to the Baliatoisvis um, that we mentioned before. So, um, so this was his Messiah. And um, we find that in numerous places he held, they had the strongest Messiah. He writes in the Chuvas, um, I would not, he writes to a Svardi Rav or a person, I wouldn't eat this animal or whatever it was, according to your tradition, because I hold of our tradition. And the tradition of our forefathers, the Chachme Ashkenaz, Torah was a Yerusha for them from their forefathers, from Chorban Bayis. So even though the Svardim didn't suffer as much as Ashkenazi Jewry, there was a lot, lot more upheaval in Ashkenazi Jewry through the Crusades and all these types of things. However, the Rosh still had held that the Messiah for Ashkenaz is much stronger than the Messiah of Svarad, probably because there was a lot of this philosophy in Chachmas Chitzainis, and they weren't so focused on learning Talmud Bavli and things like that. So even though they may not have suffered so much, the Svardim, but he held the Mesaira was much stronger. V'chein Kabbalas Aviseinu Rabbiseinu B'Tzarvas Yoyser Mikabbalas B'nei Haaretz Hazais. He says the tradition of our fathers from northern France, the Balei is much more than the people in this land. Of course, there were great Svardim, Rabbeinu Hananel, the Rishon was a Svardi, the Rush writes about him, Divrei Kabbalahim, his words are like almost on the level of a Dairaisa, Divrei Kabbalah, like Nevi'im. And of course, the Rambam, he writes, how great the Rambam is. So, of course, he's not negating the fact that Svarad had Gedolim. However, like he writes in a tshuva, he writes, that when the Rambam argues with Rabbeinu Tam and the Ri, HaChachomim HaTzorfasim, the Balei HaTaisvis, Shaloy Lishmai I love, says the Rashi, don't listen to him. Kiem Gedolim B'Chachmo V'Minyan Yoytzer Meharambam. Because the Gedolim, the Balei Taisvis, were greater B'Chachmo in wisdom, U'Vaminyan, and in and numbers, the Balei HaTaisvis, much more than the Rambam. So of course there were Gedolim and Svarat, Chas V'Shalom, we're not knocking that, but the Rush held that in, in Kabbalah, in Mesoira, in Psak, this is where we go. We go with Chachmei Ashkenaz and the Balei Hatoisvis. Um, he was a takif. He was very strong. 
He was very strong in his Torah and his Psakim. In one place, the Gabe, an Eruv, where someone was very lenient and did things that uh, about an Eruv, he didn't make an Eruv, <coughs> or he held, you don't need an Eruv. The Loshan of the Rush, he tells him, Vim Hayisi, um, he says, Even though I'm not from the latter Talmidim of Ravashi, I'm not from Namayroim, you still have to listen to me and you can't argue with me. And in and the place with the Erev, he writes, If I would be on the Sanhedrin, I would kill you. If I would be in the Sanhedrin, because you're coming to uproot a Gemara. And to argue with all the G'daylim. So he tells him, you must put up an Erev. If not, you're really Chayav Bisa. If I'd be on the Sanhedrin, I would kill you myself. He was very strong in Minhagim. Um, in one tshuva he talks about, he says, HaKolofi Aminig, follow the Minhagim, Tikun Chachamim, even there's no special enactment from the Chachamim, Ela Minog, Ein Lezalzel you can't be Mezalzel in Minhagim, Ki Minog Aviseinu Tairahu. Um, a different place he writes, Kosha Alai HaMinog, it's very hard for me to understand this minig. If this is the custom, I'm not going to change it. And even in places in Svarad where he didn't agree to their customs, however, he wouldn't. He, he tried as much as possible not to start up because if this is the minig, he will keep. He will keep that minig um, kayam, even if it's a different minig than he had. Um, now his 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 svarim. So we have the rush is in the back of the Gemara, the psak that, as we said, is one of the three um, legs that the Beis Yosef uses for paskening. There's the Taisvis Harash on Mesechtas, which is basically a compilation that he made, the Rosh made, uh, from the Bali HaTaisvis, mostly based on the Rihazakin and the Rash Mishans. <coughs> At the side of the Gemara of Nidorim, there's a Pirish of the Rosh on the Gemara. In Zeroim, he has their Pirish on Mishnayis. As we said, he has the chuvas, the responsa, many of them brought in the tour. He has a pirish halatayra in the back of the, um, in some of the chumashim, and the hamar chumashim, they have it in the back there. Another place, a pirish halatayra. And then there's the famous Musr Sefer Archas Chayim Laharash that uh, the Rush wrote. So there's many different svarim and all different types of things that we have um, from the Rush. Now, as we know, his son, the Tour, quotes him many times, and he calls him Adoini Avi Harash, my master, my father, the Rush. Now, this is an interesting thing. We started off the Shir and said his name is Rush. It stands for Rabbeinu Asher. That's his name. So, the Amshel Shloimeh, the Marshal in Kedushin, when he's talking about Kibbut Ova Aim, in Parakal of Simon Samachai, so basically he says that a person is not allowed to really mention his parents' names. He could call them Avi Mairi, but he can't say the name, even if he says Avi Mairi Chaim. He's not supposed to mention the name. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a, there's a, he has a shtukal Torah there, the Amshel Shloimeh. And he writes, V'yesh makshim ala But there are those who ask on the tour. Why does he say Adoni Avi Harash? Why is he mentioning his name? He should just say Avi Mairi. So he says that those People who ask this question, they want to say there's a difference between saying your father's name and writing your father's name. The tour was writing it. So since he's writing it, he could write, Adoini Avi Harash. But if he would say it, he should just say, Avi Mairi. Vani Oimer says the Marshal, the Yamshel Shloimai, I say differently. Shein Rayele Divrayim, you can't bring a proof from the tours quoting the Rosh that you're allowed to write your father's name. 
שהוא הזכירוי בלושן צח במילס כבוד ושבח. You're making a mistake. The word rush is not, does not stand for Rabbeinu Asher. It's actually a word that's a mila of covet, of honor, and of praise. Adaini avi harash means he is roish l'chol Yisrael. The word rush is not a contraction of his name, Rabbeinu Asher. He meant to say adaini avi harash, roish l'chol Yisrael. So instead of every time writing he was the head of all Jewry, he just called him harash. Meaning it's really harash, you should say it. Adaini avi harash, the head of all Yisrael. So it's not Adoni Avi Rebbe Ashri, the Rebbe Asher, the one is called Asher. That's not what it means. Says the that's um, <coughs> that the uh, the Marshal says. So that's a very interesting thing from the Marshal that even though we call him the Rush, that when the Tour calls him the Rush, it's actually calling him Haroish, the head of Kol Yisrael. The Rush was Nifter on Tes Marcheshvan in the year Hey Peches. 1327, he was 78 years old, and he was buried in Toledo. Now, it was an interesting thing, on his Matseva, it was written in the Pasuk in Zechariah, that we lay in Parshas Baloyscha, Ho'evin Haroisha Tishuais Chein Chein La. And nothing else, it didn't have his name on it. So in the Sefer Avnei Zikarain, that, that has the Matzevas there, he writes that perhaps since the Rush was so well known, you didn't have to write his name, and they didn't have to write any titles, they just wrote a remez. So Evan HaRoysha, the Evan of the, the head, Roysha, so that means to say it's a remez, that this is the burial place, this is the Evan, the Matzeva of HaRoysh, of the Rush, and Chein La. Chein La is gematria hey peches, right? The the hey is hey, and then ches and nun and lamid is uh, eighty eight. So it's hey eighty eight, which is the year that he was nifter in the year hey peches thirteen twenty seven. So the Sefer Avni Zikaron says that's why he just said that pasuk. It was a remez. The rush is lying here. This is his matseva and a remez to the year of his death. Now, in the Sefer Emek HaBacha from Rabbi Yosef HaKoyen HaRoyfei was written in the 1500s, he was a historian, and he writes as follows. He writes that before the Jews were expelled from Spain in 1492, so again, the rush was nifted in 1327, so this is um, uh, about 170 years later, 60 years later, there was a great Jew in Svarad. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak de Leon. And he came to his wife in a dream three times. And he told her, Go to my burial place, take down the matseva, and plow over the land so nobody should know where I'm buried. And after three times, she came to the Chachamim in Spain, and they said, Okay, they decreed a fast day, and they went and they did exactly what he said. And it wasn't only his kever, it was the kever of the rush, the Kevah of Rabbeinu Yoyna, and other Gedolim of Svarad, Clearly, they were afraid, he knew of the expulsion in Shamayim, and I'm, could be they knew by that time as well, and he didn't want that the 
um, this, the, the uh, Spanish uh, government or Goyim, whoever it was, to then, all the Jews are gone, we can now go desecrate the graves of their leaders. So in order that no one should know where they're buried, they took down all the Matzevas, they plowed over the land, Ki'ilu, it was never in existence, and therefore the Kvarim of these Gedolim, including the Rush, are taken not known, Ad Hayyim I don't know if perhaps now they may have figured out where the location is. I'm not aware that they did. But that's what he writes in the 1500s. Alpia Chaloim. That's what they did. So that is Rabbi Nuasher. Um, as we started off, and he says he was Rabban Shalagolus, and especially for us Ashkenazi Jewry, who we, we don't follow the Rif Rambam and the Rosh like the way the Beis Yosef did. The Ramah came along and said we have to take the Baliatoisvis into account, like the Rosh himself, because we are Bnei Ashkenaz. At least those of us who are Bnei Ashkenaz, we follow the. Um, it's the, uh, the, the Psakim of the Rush and his Messiah, but like we said, the Rush, even though he was from the Gedoyle and the Messiah Ashkenaz, but ended up in Svarad, made a revolution among Svardi Jewry to come back to learning, Talmud Bavli, come back to learning, and made his mark in a way that now all of Kalal Yisrael is united in a way that even if Svardim and Ashkenazim differ, however, we all take into, into account each other's G'daylim, and that had to do with Rabbeinu HaRosh, Shusa Yagan Aleinu, like I said, his yard site was a week ago, Tuesday, Tes Cheshvan, his 693rd yard site, and we should be Zaycha, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should in the Shus of our connecting to such G'daylim, Rishonim, who lived in very hard times for Kla Yisrael, should be schos, that we should see great Yeshua's and Nechames Bekarev. Have a wonderful day, everyone.